On the new podcast, American Criminal, you'll learn about the fraud, theft, and murder that marks the dark side of the American dream. Like the Menendez murders, was it two greedy kids who killed their parents for money, or is there more? Listen to American Criminal wherever you get your podcasts. Climbers, the Spotify Top 20. Who owns the songs? Major labels? Indie labels? Or the artists? Ooh. You're going to be super surprised on this one. Check it out. Welcome to the Con! This is a show dedicated to helping singers, songwriters, and indie artists like you create leverage in the music business. Leverage is what it's all about, baby. You are an entrepreneur. Congratulations. And you want to get with the people that you want to work with, and you're going to have to build your small business up to where it's big enough and getting enough attention, and they'll come to you. It's not easy, but it's that easy. Like, it's a mission. So that's why we called it the climb C L I M B, creating leverage in the music business. Brilliant. That's a Baxter name from my good friend and co-host, Mr. Brent Baxter, who's an award-winning hit songwriter with cuts by Alan Jackson, Lady A, Joe Nichols, Randy Travis, and more. He's got a couple number ones last couple years in Southern Gospels. Got some on the charts right now. He's charted in Texas. He's charted in Australia. The man is worldwide. Mm -hmm. But what I love about Brent is that he helps songwriters like you turn pro by revealing how you write like a pro, do business like a pro, and then on the regular, he gets you in touch with the pro so you can create relationships, which is the necessary thing. Once you're competitive, you need relationships. So it's got it all wrapped up for you, baby. You can find all of that at songwritingpro.com. And I would like to introduce you to my co-host, Johnny Dwinell. Johnny owns Daredevil Production. They're breaking artists digitally by identifying new fans through data. Yeah, it's complicated, but he's smart. If you're an artist looking to increase your streams, blow up your video views, sell more live show tickets, and get discovered by new fans, TV, and music industry pros, Daredevil Production can help. Daredevil has worked with multi-platinum artists like Colin Ray, Tracy Lawrence, Ty Herndon, and Andy Griggs, just to name a few. You can find Johnny at DaredevilProduction.com. That is production, singular, no S, and there's no S because there is no other. Johnny D. Hey, man. How you living? I'm living good. Okay, so this is the part where, because this drops like right after the first Climb show. Takeover at Live Oak. Take songwriter round takeover. We talk about how awesome it was. That's right. Recording before, dropping after. It was <laughs> so good. It was amazing. Amazing. I mean, oh I cannot. God. I mean, when that goat like traipsed across stage, I just thought that was that. Like, when does that ever start? He was better. Donkey was better. The donkey thing was better. I know, but the goat, when he started chewing on Chelsea Stalling's like guitar string, <laughs> the, the loose guitars, it was like in the middle of her song. It was amazing. I know. I was worried he was going to get through the guitar string and get to Chelsea. There's not, there's not a lot of her. To chew. Not, no, she's, she's like a, a two bite, a single bite nugget. I don't know, but <laughs> she, we all made it through. So. <laughs> we all made it through. Well, thank you to <sighs> everybody who participated all the artists everybody who came out thank you in advance afterwards because <laughs> exactly it's kind of like, weird this is like inception I, you know it's like i always you know christmas or birthday or whatever i if i receive a gift i'm always like thank you before i open it because it's honest yeah what if i don't like it then i have to give a dishonest thank you and i always say it beforehand because i mean it 
Thank you. Clever life hack. Clever, Clever life hack. I don't wait till I open it to say thank you because for one thing, my appreciation is not dependent upon the, the quality of the hack? gift. It's dependent upon, oh they, oh, they thought of me. Life hack. There might be a little dust on the bottle. Don't, <laughs> don't let it <laughs> don't, don't Exactly. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, hey, man, today's show, first of all, shout out to Patrick Adams, longtime climber. All right. Sent me the link to this article. He's like, pretty sure you're going to like this. And he was right. <laughs> <laughs> Way to go, Patrick. Patrick, you know me better than I know myself. You complete me. Thank you. <laughs> so we're going to unpack this article from Music Business Worldwide where they dissected the top 20 from, I believe, the first week in October. So it's recent. Mm -hmm. And who owns the songs? Like who Spotify top 20, most streamed stuff. Who owns the music? Right. Oh, interesting. And I think that before we get into this, I just I, listen, I want to preface this. There's a lot of big names on there. Mm hmm that we're going to be talking about, which immediately I feel like artists that are trying to climb up, trying to struggle, not trying to struggle, but are struggling, yeah. are, you know, it, it just, you're going to dismiss it with the big names. Oh, well, step one, be this person or that person or whatever. No, 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 no. Yeah. Like yeah. I pay attention to what I'm saying and what's going on because there's going to be some names you probably don't know because mm -hmm. there's a whole lot of Latin stuff in there now. Oh, interesting. Muy bueno. I think the big thing here is... Like, where, where's the power coming from now? Mm -hmm. And what would the top 20 look like just 10 years ago? Yeah. Let alone 20 years ago. And who would own those songs? Mm -hmm. So this is empowerment. I want you guys to, I want you to internalize this. The landscape is changing and we're going to unpack this article and it's going to prove to you that the landscape is changing. Okay. And that's all that needs to be said about that right now. Before we get there, let's take care of some business. Yes. Right. We want you to join the climb community on Facebook. That is facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash the climb community. You have to ask to be let in. It's a private group. Mm -hmm. We let everybody in unless you look suspect. Hmm. And I don't mean by how you look, but you know, if it's a weird looking Facebook, like just opened up a Facebook account yesterday, like you're the last person on the planet right. with power and a device to get on Facebook. That looks a little bizarre. We don't want you inside selling siding, swimming pools, shoes or whatever. That happens. I think there's some questions or something. You can just type, Hey, I'm a real person. Appreciate you, Johnny. Love yep. the show. That's right. That's what I gotta do. That'll let, get you in. Compliments will get you in. Let me know it's legit. And we've actually had that happen. We had a gentleman that that reached out to me on DM. Hey, I got locked out of my account. Like all this stuff happens. So this is like a legit account. It's okay. Yeah. And so otherwise it looked yeah. totally suspect. Mm -hmm. Right. And I'd be like, uh-uh. Because you know what they try to do? Like the spammers and stuff, they put in like this family picture or yeah. this picture of a guy. And like it just looks all normal. Except for there's no posts. Yeah. And, or there's one post and it just opened up within the last couple of weeks. And you're like, mm, yeah. No. So, anyway, this is a group of your peers, you guys. This is a group of your peers. Mm -hmm. And they are supporting each other, loving each other, helping each other out with information, right? So many co writes now have been hooked up out of the climb community. Mm -hmm. So, we want to encourage you to get in there. This is where you can ask questions about marketing, ask questions about songwriting about anything and get some answers from Brent, from I, from everybody else in the group, right? That's right. And also you get to shine, right? We want to hear about your gigs, man. Put it as a comment on the gig post every Thursday. We want to hear about your new music. Put that as a comment 
on the new music post every Monday. And then what we're going to dive into right now is your wins. We want to hear about your wins. And so it's called the New Heights. It's every Wednesday. You put it in as a comment. If you don't, if you put it in on the feed, the feed's not about you. The feed's about the community. Okay. Mm -hmm. The comments are about you. Feeds about the community. Yeah. So if you've got something to post in the feed, it should be for everybody. Your show at the VFW in BFE, South Dakota is not for everybody, right? That's Wait, did you say the VFW and BFE? I think we're writing a country song. Hold on. There you okay. go. Come on. <laughs> no MTV on the RCA, RCA. no AC in the vents. <laughs> That's right. So what do we got for for wins this this week? Well, yeah. First thing I want to say, it just it feels like a win for us because, you know, we tell you that people in the industry listen to this podcast. And so if you're in the industry, shout us out, let us know, or shout to us, let us know. But hey, if you want to shout us out, that's even better. But yeah, this was a shout out. This is from Paul Secord. He works with Godsey Media. He's in like the Southern Gospel faith country world. So he and I've been kind enough to produce some of my songs and cut them on people and that sort of thing. So he is... I'm on Team Paul. But Paul, if you're listening, thank you. I just ran across the other day on Facebook where somebody in some other group or somewhere said, hey, what are some good podcasts? And he was like, man, The Climb is like the best show for music business stuff. I was like, Paul, Oh, I love that. He's like, man, I was like, I didn't know you listened. He was like, I've been listening for years. I love it. So that feels like a win for us. So hold on, hold on. Speaking speaking of listening for years, Mm -hmm. thank you, Paul Secord. But you know what? Like, we got to win. Episode 400. Oh, man. Yes. What happened? This is episode 400 of just the straight episodes of of, of the, that's, that's cool. Yeah. Not counting the, the Friday episodes. This is 400 of the Tuesdays. Yeah. Whew, 400 this, Tuesdays ago, we started this. This should be like Tuesday morning music club. Hey. <laughs> Hat tip to Cheryl Crow. Yeah, but Johnny, thank you for being with me on this well over 600 episode total journey, but 400 weeks. Yeah. That's like stupid. That's a lot, man. And thank you. Thank you for always being consistent, smart, coming with the 100%. And, you know, I dig it, man. I dig what we're doing. And I love that people dig what we're doing. So that's cool. Yes. Let us keep doing it. For one thing, like we just recorded before this, we recorded a song title challenge. And I'm like... That is so fun. Mm-hmm. Hang out with you and, and another buddy, a new buddy and, or an old buddy, and just get to do that. So I'm really glad we have the excuse. Yeah. So thank y'all. Thank you very much for listening. Listen, not for nothing, but it was genius that we came up with that excuse to hang out with hit songwriters and have fun playing in the sandbox. <laughs> yes. So we wouldn't have that excuse if y'all didn't I, listen. So. I envy us right now. Uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Spinal tap. (laughs) Yes. So thank y'all for listening. Because if you weren't listening, it would be, yeah, really awkward. So, all right. So other wins. Uh, Let's see. So every Thursday or every Wednesday, we post the new heights in the climb community. It's where we encourage you to share your wins with us. And so everyone knows where it is so they can party along with you. So you're not like in the corner partying, but you're where the party is. Let's see. Bill O'Hanlon, who was at the climb show takeover playing some songs last night. Yes. He said, my plugger got a nice rejection email on one of my songs from Garth Brooks the other day. I'm getting rejected by bigger and bigger artists. That's progress. It it's is. Awesome, dude. How many friends do you have that have songs that were rejected by Garth Brooks? That is, let's just start with, that's a very, very small club. <laughs> <laughs> right. If Bill's not in it all by himself. You know what I mean? Like, Yeah, it's... <laughs> That's pretty cool. I mean, it's funny. So there's a whole conversation thread underneath that, which is part of why we put it in 
under a post is that people know where to find it and they can comment and go back and yeah. forth and it's easier. So it, it fosters community there. So it's methods another, behind our madness. Yes. Also climber Sunday, Joe Graham, who was also performing at the climb takeover last night in the same round with Bill said, just got word last night that I'm getting a Southern gospel slash faith country cut. Oh, I might've peed a little with excitement. <laughs> Hell yeah, but that's a long time coming for Sunday Joe. Yes. Is that her first cut or no? Uh, I don't think that's her first cut. I know she's putting out her own stuff. Yeah. But um, so I'm not going to say it's her first cut. I don't think it is, but because she didn't say first, she said getting A. I think she's had others, but she's climbing. Listen, I'm okay. Aside from the fact that we got to give Sunday Joe another shout out because she does all the graphics for the show. Yes. Thank you, Sunday Joe. We're so grateful for that. She does a fantastic job. Yes. Much less of the every once in a while and in appropriate one comes through when Johnny does it and people go, is everything okay, Brent? Is this graphic on here? I'm like, Johnny did that. <laughs> I got that one time. I got that. It was like before one of the song title challenges, which was a little bit of a risque title. And Johnny goes, okay, here we go with the graphic. And somebody like emailed me. was like, is everything okay, Brent? I mean, this doesn't seem like you. I'm like, yeah, that's Johnny. <laughs> so there you go. Well, that now you know why. Listen, <laughs> this is why I'm not allowed to do the graphics anymore. <laughs> you know what you're gonna get? I, I don't know what to say about that. But what I wanted to say about Sunny Joe is like I'm invested in her, man. I remember when she first came into the climb. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I know she's been working her butt off, and so I just I love it. I love it when people come into this community and just get to work. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then mm-hmm. get results. Like it's, yeah. I love it. So uh, that's just the way of the world. Sonny Joe, you just made my whole month by being friggin' awesome. So thanks. Yes. Thank you. And congratulations to all y'all with wins more than we have time to share, but keep on yep. climbing. All right. Well, let's get into this here. So yes, music yeah. business top 20. So this is music business worldwide. This came out October 10th. The Spotify top 20 is a snapshot of a much bigger story about independence, majors, and artist ownership, okay? So we're going to kind of unpack this. I'm going to go through it pretty quick, and then we just want to discuss a few things here. Like, Because what I'm about to explain to you doesn't happen 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. It doesn't happen ten just, just 10 short years ago. Maybe not five years ago, even, okay? Mm-hmm. So it's rapidly changing over who's going to who's driving the boat, right? Who's in control, who has the power to get into a Spotify top 20 biggest global tracks right now. Okay. So if you're thinking that the major record companies own the songs, you're half right. Spotify's latest daily top 20 global chart song charts as of October 9th is a striking snapshot of a global industry whereby hit artists and non-major music companies outside the big three are holding on to the ownership of the recording copyrights more often than you might expect. Spotify just doesn't just present us with a chart and song information. It also publishes a phonogram ownership credit, which is designated with a P, a P next to the mark and for each record on the service there. Right. So they know who owns it, who doesn't Hmm. music business worldwide has analyzed this ownership information for each of the current top 20 biggest songs in the world with an interesting picture emerging. According to Spotify's credits, a minority three of the tracks in the top 20 are outright owned by any of the major labels. Oh, wow. So you got the big three, three. with three. Look at that. Just let me take in that for a second. <laughs> Marinate in <laughs> yeah. that. You remember? Okay. Okay. So maybe this like metaphor, sometimes I get like really like 
you know, I get big ideas and sometimes I don't do a very good job of communicating them. But do you remember when I was talking about Netflix, right? Mm -hmm. And I was trying to communicate to you climbers how the titans of the big industries in entertainment are not titans anymore when there's a paradigm shift in the market. And the example I was using was that for 70 years, the networks, which was for most of those years with three, and then it was four, right? ABC, NBC, CBS, and Fox mm -hmm. own the Emmy Awards. It's their big commercial where they put all their stars in one room and they give out awards and, yeah. and you don't get an Emmy unless you're on a major label or unless you're on a major network. And you don't get on a major network unless like one of those four guys at the top says yes, right? You talk about permission. Yeah. So for 70 years, they own it. And then in 2020, Netflix is nominated for 161 Emmys and the nearest network was 31. Yeah. I mean, it was a massive shift in power. And I mean, it's like their house. It's their show, the network. And they're <laughs> yeah. like, the head network heads, I promise you, like pandemic aside, probably weren't even bothering to show up because why would I want to waste my night? I'm not going to win anything, right? There's nothing, nothing to see. Yeah. It's like you come into my house, you drink my liquor, you kiss my wife. What are you doing? Yeah, exa exactly. Yeah. Right. And <laughs> yeah. so what was the power shift? I mean, it was Netflix was the first show in 2013, just seven years prior to be nominated, to have a show nominated for an Emmy, but was actually nominated for eight Emmys. That was strictly going to be streaming only. It was never, ever meant for broadcast from the get go. Mm -hmm. And so there's the paradigm shift. We're going to streaming and now all of a sudden the power is decentralized. Yeah. Right. And anybody can get in. So, wow. I mean, that's amazing. So out of the top 20 tracks on Spotify's largest global tracks, top 20 in October 3rd, only three of them are owned by the major labels. Okay. Mm -hmm. Now, those same three majors exercise some degree of control via licensing agreements. Mm hmm over another eight tracks on the rundown. Okay, so we're up to 11. So, but those are licensed, like this is when the artist gets so big that they, it's valuable to them to have the infrastructure mm -hmm. and the human resources and to make a deal then with the major labels. It's a license agreement. Before these artists were, I mean, they were owned by the record labels. Yeah. They're slaves, right? Like, I mean, well, that's a strong word. A lot of those but contracts yes, they were pretty bad, man. A lot of those contracts. Yeah, the power ran one way. The right? power ran one way. It's very uneven. And here, this is like, okay, I'm going to let you because all the labels, I'm sure, are going to these artists wanting to do the license agreements because we can provide a service mm -hmm. that can make us both money, but they don't own it. They're just going to handle the administration of it, which is fantastic. Well, that's the thing. If you're starting from nothing and you're getting a record deal, that's how many years, how many records do they lock you in for? A lot, right? Yeah. And that's their option. If it's a license deal, that means you're already coming with leverage. Yeah. And then I bet it's a lot shorter term because you can turn around and go somewhere else if they're not pulling their weight. Because because there's yeah. going to be an out clause for you, right? Because yeah. you don't need that label to succeed. You've already got the traffic. You've mm -hmm. already got the brand. And what you need from them is help administering. And that's just a service that any one of these other people can do too. So 
it shifts the balance of power and they have to go and do a good job. Not that they wouldn't do a good job for it if they owned it as well. Right. But you get my point. I mean, it is, this is about leverage. It really is. Yeah. And so with the record deal, you know, they're locking in for this really long thing. Cause you're like, Hey, if you're starting from scratch, basically we're going to invest in you. We're going to lose a lot of money on you in the front end. And so we want to make sure you stick around so we can share in the benefits of that. Yeah. And, I get that. I understand that. Yep. Okay, but that's how it is. So we're going to lock you in because that way we're going to help you blow up, hopefully. And then we're going to, therefore, we win too. Yep. With a licensing thing, it must, you come with leverage. So you must be doing something right already. And now you're going, okay, let's take this to another level. And if you don't, then I'm going to take it down the street to somebody else who maybe will. And so just, yeah, the leverage. Yeah, the same way the same way you might change, a, you know, a lawn mowing service on your front lawn. If they stop doing a good job, mm-hmm. there's somebody else that can help you do a good job. And you're not like locked into the lawn mowing service. You know what I mean? Yeah. So you're exactly right. I mean, and mm-hmm. this is what we mean by leverage. This is what the climb is built for. This kind of stuff right here. Mm-hmm. You know, I love this. I love that Patrick Adams sent this to me. So that leaves nine records in the top 20, almost half of the chart credited as being fully independently owned, indicating no major label equity in these tracks outside of, in some cases, a distribution and marketing relationship, Mm -hmm. which is, again, an after-the-fact thing. This artist wasn't signed to the label to be marketed. The label's like, hey, we can help you with this. Like, look at what value we can bring to your team. And the label's got their hat in their hand and wanting to get on the team. That's a different situation. Yes, it is. So... When you look at the list here, number one is a seven and young kook featuring Lotto, Paint the Town Red with Doja Cat, Greedy, Tate McRae, 3D with Young Kook featuring Jack Harlow, IDGAF, Drake featuring Yeet, Sino Estas, Inigo Quintero, Strangers, Kenya Case. Number eight is the first person shooter, Drake featuring J. Cole. Number nine is Cruel Summer, Taylor Swift. Number 10 is QLONA, Clona, Carol G, and Peso Pluma. Number 11, Lala and Mike Towers. Number 12, Virginia Beach by Drake. Number 13, Milo J, BZRP Music Sessions. Number 14, My Love All Mine, Mitski. Number 15, Gently, Drake featuring Bad Bunny. Number 16, Slime You Out, Drake featuring SZA. Number 17, Un Preview, Bad Bunny. Number 18, Vampire, Olivia Rodrigo. Number 19, I Want to Be Yours, Arctic Monkeys. And number 20, What Was I Made For, Billy Eilish. Okay, so the number one track, Young Kook featuring Lotto, is credited on Spotify as being fully owned by a Korean music giant, Big Hit, which is HYBE, H-Y-B-E. That's the... Those are the guys that are coming out with all that K-pop stuff that are just crushing yeah. it, right? Mm-hmm. Now, the track has been released through Geffen, Interscope, and A&M in the United States. Spotify's credit indicates that it is a distribution plus marketing services relationship. So they're providing like label services to the company that's already got the traffic. Yeah. Right? So, I mean, that's it's basically a major. It's just Korean. Sounds like a big Korean. Well... But it's not a major, right? But they have enough, they got enough leverage to work with the majors to provide certain services that are going to add value to what they're doing. Yeah. But it sounds like it's the label, the Korean label is a legit one. Like it's a, yeah, that's a big, yeah. It would be a, yeah. 
Big Hit and Young Kook also claim the number four position on the current Spotify Top 20 with 3D featuring Jack Harlow. Again, on Spotify, this is credited as pure Big Hit-owned record. Big Hit owner hype can't really be classified class as a non-major, quote-unquote, of course, because okay. it generated $1.778 billion. Or I'm sorry, that's Korean money. This is, I don't even know what they call Korean money. It's $1.37 billion globally in the U.S. dollars in the calendar year of 2022. That's all the K-pop stuff. And, mm-hmm. and now they're getting in with this Young Kook and all that. Huh. All the same, the underlying ownership of Young Kook's big hits today appears to sit outside of the big three major labels. Mm-hmm. So what the majors own and what they license between Young Kook and the Hybe uh, slash Big Hits, two entries on Spotify Top 20, there are two records that are credited as being fully owned by the major labels. Doja Cat's Paint the Town Red at number two and Tate McRae's Greedy at number three. Paint the Town Red is credited as being owned by Kimasabi RCA, both labels that sit with Sony Music and Kimasabi was previously run by producer Dr. Luke. Greedy, meanwhile, is credited as being fully owned by RCA Sony Music. The one top 20 track with a P credit that indicates full major label ownership is What Was I Made For, which is Billie Eilish, hmm. one of the standout pieces of original music in the 2023 Barbie movie. Eilish's music is, according to Spotify's credits, owned by Dark Room Interscope Records. Dark Room was founded by Justin Lubliner in 2014 before becoming an imprint of Universal Music Group-owned Interscope via a deal between Lubliner and Interscope and Geffen A&M boss John Janik that was inked before the mainstream rise of Eilish. Interestingly, there are a number of other records in the current Spotify Top 20 whose P credits indicate that the underlying master recording is owned by the artist. There we go. I'm going to say that again. So a P credit means that's who owns the publishing, right? So interestingly, there are a number of other records in the current top 20 whose P credits indicate that the master recording is owned by the artist and then licensed for an undetermined amount of time to major labels. Well, okay. So we're talking about like publishing or master? Oh, uh, no. I'm sorry. Master recording is what we're talking about here. Okay. So master- that threw me there when you threw out publishing because that's a whole different part of the biz. Yeah, I, I, I misspoke. I, so we're talking about who recording. owns the master. Who owns the master? All right, which is the sound recording that you're hearing on Spotify. That's what the master right. is. So, you know, you, when you talk about what you're getting per stream, let's say on Spotify, okay, mm-hmm. it's 0.007, right, for the that goes for the copyright. Yeah, which is publishing money. Yeah. Which is publishing, right? So 50% of that's going to go to whoever owns the publishing. Mm-hmm. And so that's like 0.0035, right? Yeah. And then the other 0.0035 cents is split amongst the writers, right? Right. But when you own the master, that's a whole different revenue stream. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. One of those records is The Fast Rising Strangers by British artist Kenya Grace, which is at number seven right now. This is licensed by Warner Brothers Major Recordings, or two, excuse me, Warner Brothers Major Recordings by the artist's own KGJ Music. KGJ stands for Kenya Grace Johnson. Grace. Right? There you go. Another example is Carol G's Culona at number 10 with Peso Pluma. That track is owned by the label Bishoto Records LLC, which was founded by Carol G herself hmm. and then licensed through Interscope 
records. And some people may be listening to this going, yeah, but those people are famous. I've heard of them. Exactly. Precisely. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's a similar setup for one of the biggest new U.S. pop artists on the planet, Olivia Rodrigo. I think a lot mm -hmm. of people know her name. Yeah. Rodrigo's current highest charting track, Vampires, credited on Spotify as being owned by the artist herself. Wow. But being licensed again for an undetermined amount of time through Interscope. Now, who's the artist whose ownership licensed through a major label setup is having the biggest current impact on the global streaming charts? Drake. Yeah, he's on there a few times. Yeah, since the release of his certified Loverboy album in 2021, ownership of the recordings of Drake's studio albums has been credited to his own label, OVO, but licensed through Universal's Republic Records. Mm-hmm. And it's the same structure for Drake's latest LP, For All the Dogs, released on October 6th, which at the time of publication of this article had five tracks within Spotify's daily top 20 global tracks. So Drake's albums prior to Certified Loverboy were fully owned by Young Money, Cash Money, which is a label combination that they believe is wholly owned by Universal Music Group. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it kind of sounds like the whole thing with Drake, like that contract expired mm -hmm. and he made a different deal. <laughs> yeah. It's like maybe in sports, it's like after you're drafted and then you become a free agent. But if you're money, you get good deals. Uh, yeah, exactly. So then dig this, Brent. There's a huge Latin impact here on artist independence. Okay. Mm -hmm. So there's a new wave of independently owned recordings that have a market impact on Spotify's global top 20 at the moment. All of them are from Latin America. Okay. It can be seen, of course, with Bad Bunny, who you, I mean, you can't get away from that name now, whose yeah. recordings are owned by Remus Entertainment. And Bunny and his manager, Noah Assad, are shareholders, although it reports suggest that Sony may soon or may already own a minority stake in the company. But they're coming in after the castle was built, the yeah. sandbox. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Bad Bunny and other Remus recordings are distributed by Sony's The Orchard, and that setup claims the number 17 place on the Spotify chart above with Bunny's Un Preview. By the way, my artists are distributed by The Orchard, you know, so this yeah. is stuff you guys can do, right? Mm -hmm. The highest placing fully independent Latin track on the above Spotify top 20 is Si No Estas by Iniego Quintero at number six. And with over 50 million Spotify streams to date, the record, according to Spotify's credits, is fully controlled by the independent company Acoustic, which is spelled weird. It's A-C-Q-U- S-T-I-C. Hmm. It is distributed by Believe. The Latin independent influence on Spotify's top 20 doesn't end there. The Spanish language record La La by Mike Towers, which is at number 11, is, according to Spotify's data, owned by the indie label One World International and distributed by Warner Music, Latin Warner Music. Elsewhere, the latest, or elsewhere, the latest hit from Argentine DJ Bizarrap a new BZRP track with Milo J is fully owned by the Latin indie label powerhouse Dale Play. Okay. So the next section here is really fascinating. The indie thoroughbreds make their mark, including Taylor Swift. Mm -hmm. There's that name again. Taylor a little indie artist that could. Yes. Yeah. So there's a whole nother article to be written on this topic, but at which point do we start classing Taylor Swift as an independent artist? Mm -hmm. Okay. The first six albums of Swift's career were famously owned and released by Big Machine. And Big Machine, the label itself, is now owned by Hybe, which is hmm. the Korean, huge Korean company. Okay. Hmm. The master tracks for 
her first for Swift's first big six LPs are were if you remember they were famously she was outbid by Scooter Braun mm-hmm. and Scooter Braun sold those to Shamrock Capital who still owns them okay mm-hmm. since 2019 though Swift has owned the masters to each subsequent record she has released from that year's Lover which is 2019 through 2022's Global Smash Midnights this explains why Swift's Sole entry on the current Spotify Top 20, Cruel Summer, which is from the Lover album, is credited as Taylor Swift with the owning the master. Okay? Yeah. Dudes, I mean, holy crap, right? Yeah. Swift's records are distributed and quote-unquote serviced, meaning marketed and promoted by Universal Music Group and Republic Records, but she owns them outright. Mm-hmm. So finally, it's interesting to see the two mainstays in the independent label world claim two entries on the current hottest tracks at the moment dead oceans which is part of the secretly group claims the number 14 spot with my love all mine by mitski and domino recording company claims the number 19 slot on the list with i want to be yours by arctic monkeys so uh, interestingly enough i want to be yours is the oldest track on this current spotify top 20 because it was originally released in 2013 oh wow so I was saying this. I mean, you guys, when you're looking at this, I know these are a lot of names that you know, but the other record label names mm-hmm. are the names of the of the companies that own the master tracks. You don't know those names. Right, yeah. Because they're independent. Mm-hmm. And then they're licensed through Interscope or Universal or through Warner. So these artists are in joint ventures with these labels now. And that's the new business model at the top. Yeah. And it's the business model at the bottom, right? So if we go and revisit... Brent, you remember the couple podcast episodes we did about the Spotify reports mm-hmm. on artists that made at least $50,000 in revenue per year. Yeah. Right. In 2020, that number was 13,400 artists made at least 50 grand. Now, that's everybody from your local indie artist yeah. up to Elvis, right? Like uh, mm-hmm. to the, make the most amount of money on Spotify. But when we backed out current major label and, and label artists and we backed out, we put a little slush in there for some lucky people and some super rich people or whatever. Yeah. And then we we figured out mathematically that, and I'm pretty on point with this number, that around 2,700 of those 13,400 artists are multi-million dollar brand names, legacy acts, right? Over yeah. the last mm-hmm. 60 years, Okay, yeah. 2,700 artists, mm-hmm. right, over the last 60 years got on the radio and got brand names big enough to be pulling that kind of traffic on Spotify. To They're making millions, but bottom line, it's more than 50 grand, right? Yeah. Which left 8,400 indie artists like you mm-hmm. that figured out a way to make money and they own their masters. Yeah. Okay. And they own their publishing Mm -hmm. and they're doing it all themselves. And the world is your oyster. If you've ever seen Scarface, right? Where Mm. he looks up at the Goodyear blimp in that scene and it's just a sign, the digital sign on the Goodyear blimp says the world is your oyster. It is, man. It's up to you. And these are the kinds of people, you know, you can work with an Interscope. You can work with a Warner when you get that traffic up and you keep doing what you're doing. Mm -hmm. But, you can make cash flow now. You can make a living doing this. But guys, you got to be in business. You have to be a business person. You have to be an entrepreneur. It's a different skill set, right? You're making me think when you talk about people that partner with the majors because they built their uh, up enough leverage. It's kind of, I think, you know, it's football season. So I'm, I'm thinking about football going, 
yeah, you want to work with the Packers or the Titans or whoever, the Chiefs. Well, you build up your leverage in your college team. Mm -hmm. You go get on a college team, doesn't matter if you walk on, right? Because there's a famous story of uh, Brandon Burlesworth, or at least famous among Arkansas fans, and they made a movie about him, but uh, Brandon Burlesworth, who walked on at Arkansas, played his way to All-American, got drafted by the Colts. Yep. Okay. It can happen. That's you, right? That's what you want to happen. Yes. Walk on. You were all walk-ons in the music business, by the way. We are all walk-ons. Nobody gives us a scholarship, right? We're all (laughs) walk-ons. You play your way into a scholarship, maybe get a publishing deal, maybe independent label or whatever, or you just stay walk-on. But the thing is, there comes that point where the majors are, or the NFL teams or the majors start sniffing around going, uh, you want to come play for us? Yeah. Right? That, you know, it's a limited analogy. Exactly. And can, can we make a deal? Can we can we add value to your cause here? Because, and that's why I said they're going to come out of the woodwork. This is the leverage, guys. The leverage is happening on the bottom of the pile. Mm-hmm. And it's also happening on the top of the pile more and more and more, right? Like artists are coming off of the deals on major labels and creating JVs, joint ventures. Yeah. And, and the people in the first round have a lot more bargaining leverage because they know they're wanted and they've proven it more so than Mr. Irrelevant, the guy that's drafted last in the seventh round or whatever the NFL draft. Yeah. Commonly knows Mr. Irrelevant. He's not going to have nearly, or an undrafted free agent. You know, that happens. Yeah. They're not going to have nearly the leverage. They're just hoping to make a roster. Yep. But thing is, those people that are in the first round, they've played themselves into that mm-hmm. position. Yes. It is because of what they've put on the field. And you have that opportunity. The field is open. You can walk on. Yep. Go play. You put numbers up, and they're going to come calling. Hey, this is actually might be a whole different episode, but <laughs> more of a even a, a, a more dimensional metaphor that you're using, right? Because it's not enough yeah. that you can run a four four forty, right? Right. It's not enough that you're fast. It's not enough that you can catch a ball or throw a ball. Mm-hmm. It's not enough that you're a beast and you can block mm-hmm. and you have this raw talent, right? What else do you have to be? You have to be a student of the freaking game, literally. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. And you want to talk about guys, NFL offenses and NFL defenses are so freaking sophisticated. Okay. Mm-hmm. They're so sophisticated. And these guys all got to have that going on. They have to know yeah. on this play exactly where they're supposed to be and what they're supposed to do. Yeah. Right. Or it doesn't work. And you have to have 11 guys that all know what they're supposed to do and where they're supposed to be mm-hmm. on this play or it doesn't work, okay? Yeah. And so that's you guys. Like, you can't just go through your artist career with your head up your ass. Like, you can't. You, you have to be mm-hmm. You have to be a student of the game. You have to be a business person. If you know that you suck at business, if you're aware that you suck at business, then mm-hmm. you need to get with somebody who's good at business. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay, and go outside and get that tool because you're going to need to do that to get to where you want to go. But the path is there. Mm-hmm. Okay, and it can be done because here's the cherry on top, and I'll end it right here. The next year on 2021, the report from Spotify was 30, was instead of 13,400 artists that made at least 50 grand in streaming money from Spotify, it went to 16,500. That's 3,100 additional artists that figured out how to make at least 50 grand. Mm -hmm. It didn't come from the labels, man. Yeah. They didn't. 
Okay. They figured it out on their own. Mm -hmm. Okay. And just put that in perspective. Over the last 60 years, 2,700 artists, even if I'm off by a thousand on that, okay? Yeah. 2,700 artists across all genres, across 60 years, got enough attention to make money in the music business. Mm -hmm. And from 2020 to 2021, 3,100 new, brand new artists figured out how to make at least 50 grand. Yeah. Right. This is the four minute mile. Okay. It's been, uh, yeah. it's been, it's been crushed so many times now. Mm-hmm. All you got to do is get it together and start working. You're going to have to put in 40 hours, man. You're going to have yeah. to put that work in and it will happen for you. So that's it guys. I mean, there it is. Thank you again to Patrick Adams for sending that in. This is all about leverage. This mm-hmm. is all about the power that you can have because guess what? When you really do blow up, they're still running the show. Yeah. Right. Or or some of these artists, I mean, you know, I don't think Drake's indie. I don't think he breaks indie. I think he's on a major. I think, you know, the cash money label was a major. And then that contract ran out, that contract expired. He's Mm -hmm. like, now I'm going to create my own thing. I'm going to own my own stuff. And he knows exactly what he's doing. Right. Yeah. So now he's the businessman. Why? Because then you can control it. Mm -hmm. And you're Mm -hmm. not, you can't be like cut from the label because the genre, they're going to decide the genre is going to change. Right? Yeah. I, I mean, no. It's like you control everything. As long as you got the traffic, you're good. So yep. there you go, guys. That brings us to the end of another Killer Climb episode. Make sure that you join the climb community, tell a friend about it, and know that you got the power, guys. You have the power. This podcast exists because we want you to win. So keep on climbing. And we'll see you at the top. achieve the American dream. The big house, the happy family, the money. 911, what's your emergency? Would you put in the hours? Would you take a big swing? What's the problem? What's the problem? Would you lie? Would you cheat? Would they shop? Would they shop? Would you kill? Yes. From Airship, the studio behind American Scandal comes a new true crime history podcast. I'm Jeremy Schwartz, and I'll be taking you inside the minds of some of our most notorious felons and outlaws, exploring the dark side of the American dream. In my new show, American Criminal, you'll meet the picture-perfect brothers who kill their parents, the thief who stole babies, the crypto king who siphoned off billions and plenty more. From assassins and gangsters to killers and con artists, whatever the case, whoever the criminal, you don't know the full story until now. Don't miss the debut season of American Criminal, The Menendez Brothers, beginning February 29th. Listen wherever you get your podcasts 
or to get early ad-free access to the entire season first, plus hundreds of other ad-free history podcast episodes, subscribe at intohistory.com.